And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Motherly examples. Look again. Now listen to what I read. Now there may be some people that have some issue with what the language that Paul uses here. And we're not going to deal with those today. But I, I want you to listen. Motherly example. Now just think. Motherly examples. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to, to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. See, Christian mothers that have advanced in age, have raised their children, they are to impart their wisdom to the younger mothers. See, ladies, you have the responsibility as a Christian mother to help teach the next generation of mothers. Or even not mothers, but to help teach the next generation of women to be godly women. Guys, you're not off the hook because the verse before says that we're supposed to do the same thing to the younger men. You guys know what that, there's one word, you know what that's called? Discipling. Investing your life in theirs to help them grow. To help them learn. To set the example. To hold them accountable. And church, we live in a society now that it is so important for Christians to stand up and disciple the next generation because they are falling by the wayside, by the groves. They're turning away. They're walking away. They're getting caught up in what Paul calls a false gospel that's not really a gospel at all. Because they're not being disciples. But I also want you to, to see that there's two unique words that this ver these verses right here are the only place these words occur in the entire Bible. It's the only place they're used. Verse 4. So that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. This first word is philandros. The only place this, is, this word is found that Paul uses here. This word represents the love that a woman has for her husband and the father of her children. That's all that word means. That word describes how a woman, a wife, a mother is supposed to love her husband and father of her children. Can you imagine that? We say, you need to love your husband, you need to love your children. But that word... Philandros 
It encompasses all of that. The Greek language had a specific word just for that type of love. The second word is philotechnos. Now this word is really special. It also, being the only time that this word is used in the entire Bible, this word represents a special kind of mother love. The idea that flows out of this word is that of caring for our children, nurturing them, affectionately embracing them, meeting their needs, and tenderly befriending each one in a unique gift from God Himself. You know, we joke and say, man, that's a face only a mother could love. This type of love is the love that only a mother could love. This is the love that Mary had at the foot of the cross when she looked up at her son. Hanging there. The same type of love that she looked at that baby wrapped in those swaddling clothes in the manger. That type of love. The type of love that those of you that have given birth, when you hold that child for the first time, it's that type of love. You see, women... Mothers, you have a unique opportunity because you love that child for nine months as it is developing and growing inside of you. And it is that love that you have for that child that allows you to endure the pain of childbirth. You see, dads don't have that opportunity. In all actuality, dads go from getting all the attention to competing with a little bundle of joy to get the attention. And we have to grow to love that child. Yes, we love them when they're born, and we're so excited, but we do not share the same type of love. We do not share this I can't even pronounce it now. We don't share that love. It is a love that only a mother can have. And it makes them special. There is nobody that will ever love you like your mama loves you. Now here are some important aspects of a Christian mother found in Scripture. Now I'm going to be jumping all over the place. The first is availability. Christian mothers are always available for their children. Deuteronomy 6, 6-7. through These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. See, mothers should always be available to 
put into their children. To speak into the lives of their children. It doesn't say anywhere, just do it when you have the opportunity. But when you go out, when you come in, when you lie down, when you get up, always, at all times, mothers are available for their children. The second is teaching. Christian mothers are to teach their children about the Lord. Deuteronomy 4.10 Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, or Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Assemble the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. You guys realize that you think about growing up as a child. I remember sitting on my mom's lap and her reading Bible stories to me. But you see, in the Jewish culture, it was a little bit different. Until that child became of age, his first teacher was his mother. His mother taught him and her. They learned about God. Many of us share the same. The first person we remember reading Bible stories about God, about David and Goliath, about Samson, about Daniel and the lion's den was our mothers. Some of us can't say that. But many of us can. And the third aspect of a Christian mother is training. Christian mothers are to train their children. You know, it's a difference between teaching and training. When you teach, it's just a knowledge. But training becomes practice. So Christian mothers are to train their children to follow the Lord. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Practice become habit. And habits become a way of life. The fourth thing is discipline. Proverbs 23, 13-14. Do not hold back discipline from your child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. We need to remember that in today's society. Spankings don't hurt. Well, they do hurt, but they don't kill you. They feel like it if they're done right. Yeah, they don't. Somebody told me one time spankings don't work with their child. I said, you're not doing it right. You know the old joke, this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. Kids said, yeah, but not in the same place. It's the truth. It does hurt when you discipline your child. 
But they have to learn that there's consequences. And the problem we have nowadays is that there's no, never any consequences. Kids can do whatever, and unless there's no consequences. Somebody come to tell my mom and dad, hey, Artie did such and such. My mom and dad's response, I can see him doing that. He's liable to do anything at any time. They believed it. Nowadays, you go tell a parent, hey, your kid did this. Guess who the, the parent's mad at? You. Because you called their little angel out on something. Scripture says, do not hold back discipline from your child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. You shall strike him with the rod and rescue his soul from Sheol. You guys realize that the word disciple is derived from the word discipline. A disciple is a disciplined follower. The fifth thing, the fifth aspect of a Christian mother found in Scripture is nurturing. Christian mothers are to nurture their children. Proverbs 31, and I know a lot of ladies see Proverbs 31 as a, as a problem chapter in the Bible, that it sets them up for failure. I don't see it that way. Because if you look at it that way, you've got to look at the entire Bible as setting us up for failure. But here, in these verses in Proverbs 31, it is what every woman should strive to be. Are you going to be able to make it on everything? No, not on your own. But with Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, you can. Proverbs 31, 26. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. When we think about nurturing, we think about the caring. We think about the love. We think about those band-aids. We think about those glasses of water in the middle of the night. We think about those times that she's had to clean up after you because you've gotten sick. We think about those nights that she sat beside your bed while you were running a fever. And sadly, not everybody in this room has experienced that kind of nurturing from their mother. But a Christian mother does that. And then integrity. Christian mothers are to live a life of integrity in front of their children. Proverbs 11.3 The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of, a of the treacherous will destroy them. Living a life of integrity. A Christian mother loves her children. But above all, even more than what she loves her children, she loves her Savior. And she lives her life to bring Him glory. Now I know that there's many of us here 
I am so thankful that I am not part of this group that many of us here, their mothers have gone on. But I know those of you that have had Christian mothers can look back and see how she has lived up to these different aspects. Was she perfect? No. <gasps> I'm going to tell you, my mom's not perfect. She'll be the first one to tell you she's not perfect. But she's my mom. And I can see every one of these aspects in her life at different points. Just as you can. And those of you that are here, you're here because you want to be here. You're not here because somebody drugged you here. And as a Christian mother, God has blessed you with being a mother. God has blessed you, many of you, in being grandmothers. People tell me all the time that grandchildren are your blessings for not killing your children. Other people tell me they're the greatest thing because you can, you can get them wound up on candy and send them home to act just like their parents did back to them. And then you get to sit back and laugh. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> and they say great-grandkids are even better. I'm hoping I live long enough to see that. But Christian mothers are special. And I know that you guys live your heart beats for your children. It breaks when theirs does. But Christian mothers, I challenge you. Everything that you do needs to point your children to Jesus Christ. Dads, Everything that you do needs to point your entire family to Jesus Christ. As we enter into this time of invitation, I want to say thank you, Christian moms. But I also want to invite you, if you're here today, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can be 95 years old and still need Jesus Christ. Just like you can be 8 and need Jesus Christ. Age does not matter. 
If you don't know Jesus Christ, I invite you to come and let me introduce you to Him. If you're looking for a church home and you feel this is where God is leading you, come, join with our congregation, with our church family. If you just need to pray, the altars are open. You're welcome to stay where you are and pray. Whatever it is God is telling you to do, your invitation is to answer His call. As we stand and sing this song, that is your invitation. Stand as we sing, page 571, Let Others See Jesus in You. While passing through this world of sin And others your life shall view clean and pure without within let others see Jesus in you let others see Jesus in you in you let others see Jesus in you Telling the story, be faithful and true. Let others see Jesus in you. Thank you, mothers, 
please, if you've not, if you've not been able to hug your mom today, hug her real big. If you can't get to her, call her. Let her know that you love her. But happy Mother's Day. Don't forget Wednesday night, Bible study, 6.30 here in the sanctuary. We're going to begin the book of James this Wednesday night. And then youth and children in the, in the youth building, 6.30. Please come for that. Now remember, we've got our first picnic at the creek coming up at the end of the month. Memorial Day weekend, the 28th. Everybody's invited to come. Just bring your favorite picnic food to share, whatever it is, your favorite dessert, your favorite drink to share with everybody else. And don't forget your chairs because you don't want to sit in the dirt. Okay? And come ready to have a good time, 6 o'clock on the 28th. Don't forget about that. And I'm going to ask, as we dismiss, Jim, if you would dismiss us in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another day that we could be in your house to study your word, to hear your word preached, and just to fellowship with each other. We ask a special blessing today on our mothers. We thank you so much for sending so many godly mothers into this congregation. And as we depart from here and we honor them today, help us to remember that it's the legacy of a godly mother that enables us to, to, to know you. It's the prayers of a godly mother that have brought us to you in many cases. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for saving us. And uh, all these things in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>